Good morning and welcome to Mountain View Baptist Church Online. I'm glad that you've joined us today. You know, we live in some interesting and challenging times. And because of that, we have to learn to adapt. And part of our adaptation here at Mountain View Baptist Church is that we have canceled all activities until the end of March. And we will have worship online for the next two Sundays. Next week sometime, we will be reevaluating what the future holds. And we will let you know as soon as we have that information. So now would be a good time for you to make sure that we have your email address so that we can keep you informed. Or you can go to our website, mvbctucson.org, and we will keep that updated. You know, in this time of crisis in the world, it's our opportunity as Christians and a church to let the world know that our hope is in Jesus Christ. We do not need to fear or panic because we know who holds the future. It's our opportunity to shine the light of Jesus into this world. One of the ways we're going to do that here at Mountain View Baptist Church is through our benevolence ministry. In the days ahead, some will lose their jobs. Others will not even want to leave their home. We need to be ready to minister to them. The benevolence ministry is a fund that will allow us to help buy groceries or supplies or maybe even pay some utility bills for those who've lost their jobs. I would encourage you a couple of things. First, give to this ministry fund, and you will see later uh, how you can give online. And then also check on people. See if there's needs out there. Or maybe you have a need. Please call us here at the church office or let your deacon know. We can be praying for you and we can be helping in other ways. Here at Mountain View Baptist Church, we talk about building lives committed to Jesus. That's our slogan, our motto, part of our mission statement. And we want to continue to do that through this time of crisis in the world. We want to commit to building our own lives and helping others build their lives on Jesus Christ. Here at Mountain View Baptist Church, we, we talk about four questions. One, have I met with God today? This is an opportunity now that all the Bible studies are canceled for you individually to spend more time in God's Word and with the Lord. Two, have I connected with a church family member this week? And I know that's going to be hard because there's no Bible studies and worship is different. But now is an opportunity to call and check on someone, see if they're doing all right. Pray with them, encourage them. The third question is this, is my next service project on the calendar? What a great opportunity now through our benevolence ministry to serve. We're not called just to worship God, but to serve him as well. And then fourth, have I shared Jesus with someone this week? This is a wonderful opportunity to share the love of Jesus and the message of salvation and that message of hope. There's no need to fear, no need to panic. God is in control. Share that with your neighbors, the community, and the world in the days ahead. So we're going to transition in just a moment and begin to sing songs to the Lord. I know it's going to look different and feel different today, but I would encourage you to go ahead and worship him right there at your house or wherever you are. 
Let me offer a prayer to the Lord, and then we will begin singing praises. Lord, we thank you and praise you that you are in control, that you are the God who reigns even today. And in the midst of this crisis around the world, you are the hope for the future. Lord, my prayer would be that each one listening today would know that personally in their own life, and then we would share that with this world. Lord, thank you that we can worship you in the midst of the storm because you're still on your throne. Lord, we praise you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. So today we're going to go ahead and continue in the series that we started last week. And I know some of you may say, well, Pastor, in the midst of a crisis around the world, why would you continue in the series And I think it's interesting that months ago when I was planning and preparing for what we would be looking at as we got closer to Easter, that this was the series that I was working on, and that is Jesus, Hope of the World. And and so I think it's apropos to what we're talking about and what the world's going through. We realize that the world is hopeless right now, and there's a lot of chaos going on. And yet we have a relationship with Jesus Christ, who is the hope of the world. And we need to share that hope with other people. And so we're going to continue in this series. We're going to continue talking about hope. My whole desire for this series is that you would grow in your relationship with God and with the Lord. And you would dig even deeper. Because remember, last week I mentioned, we're just looking at some of the highlights of Jesus' life. But you have the opportunity to go into the Gospels and dig deeper into the Word of God and look more at the life of Jesus. So last week we began with looking at the birth of Jesus Christ. And particularly, we looked at his name. The Heavenly Father gave him the name Jesus. The angel came to Joseph and he said, and you will call his name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. And so we looked a lot at the name of Jesus and the power through that name. In fact, the Bible says one day, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess at the name of Jesus. And the Bible also says to us that the name of Jesus is above every other name. And so we began this whole series looking at the birth of Jesus by understanding that Jesus, his name means salvation. And that the reality is there is no other name which you can be saved. And there's no hope in the world except through the name of Jesus Christ and except through a relationship with Jesus Christ. And so today we're going to carry on in part two and look at the baptism of Jesus. The title of the message today is Jesus, My Beloved Son. The baptism of Jesus is one of the few events that you can find in all four of the Gospels. And I like that. You can compare all four of them. But today I just want to read it from Matthew and then from Mark. So listen as I read first from Matthew chapter 3, verses 13 through 17. Then Jesus went from Galilee to the Jordan River to be baptized by John. But John tried to talk him out of it. I am the one that needs to be baptized by you, he said. So why are you coming to me? But Jesus said, it should be done, for we must carry out all that God requires. So John agreed to baptize him. 
After his baptism, as Jesus came up out of the water, the heavens were opened and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and settling on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my dearly beloved Son who brings me great joy. And now also from Mark chapter 1, verses 9 through 11. One day Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee, and John baptized him in the Jordan River. And as Jesus came up out of the water, he saw the heavens splitting apart and the Holy Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice from heaven said, You are my dearly loved Son, and you bring me great joy. And then if you also want to look at Luke chapter 3 and John chapter 1, they also have the stories, the accounts of Jesus' baptism. It's interesting to me that in 28 years of ministry, I have never preached on the baptism of Jesus. I've preached about baptism and the importance of us as his followers being baptized, but I've never preached on this passage and the baptism of Jesus. Also interesting, this is the first appearance of Jesus after his time in the temple at the age of 12. And so for 18 years, there's been total silence about Jesus' life. In fact, in Luke chapter 2, verse 52, it says this, And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. And from that point, we don't hear anything about Jesus for 18 years. There's total silence about his life. But we do know that during that time, he's growing mentally, physically, spiritually, and in every way so that he could be ready for this work that he has to do He could be ready to be our Messiah. And then in Mark chapter 1, verse 9, it says, One day Jesus comes from Nazareth. For 18 years there's silence, and then all of a sudden he appears, as we would say today, on center stage. And that appearance changes everything. And that's what we want to look at today. That recognition that Jesus is the Messiah. You see, the baptism really shows us that Jesus is the Messiah. Let's look at this. The first one is the first point is this: the appearance of the Son of God. He appears on the scene and he takes over center stage, if you will, because we haven't heard from him for a long time, and now all of a sudden he's here. But if you back up just a little bit, you see in that chapter that. John is baptizing, and why is he baptizing? He's calling people to repentance, and he's calling people to uh, repent of their sins and to be baptized because the kingdom of heaven is on its way. So then Jesus comes on the scene, and he basically says, John, hey, I I need to be baptized. And, And then the question would be, and it's a valid question, why would Jesus need to be baptized? I mean, after all, if John is baptizing for the forgiveness of sins and confessing their sins, Jesus was the perfect Lamb of God, and he had no sin. So why would he be baptized? I think there's a couple of things here that's going on. Uh, First of all, it's his public declaration that he is the Messiah. 
When he comes to John the Baptist and says, I need to be baptized, he is publicly declaring that he is the Messiah and fulfilling scripture. You see, Jesus uh, wanted to identify with John the Baptist's ministry. John the Baptist was called the forerunner of the Messiah. And so he comes and he comes to, to John and he says, you're preaching and teaching and talking about the forgiveness of sins and the coming of the kingdom of heaven and the Messiah is coming. And he says, here I am. I am the Messiah. And so he comes and he validates John's ministry by coming to John. And, and that way, John is validated, but then also he's saying, this is the launching, if you will, of, the, of my ministry, the, the public ministry of Jesus Christ. And I think that's the, the second part of this you see is his dedication to his earthly ministry. It's a signal that now is the time to start ministry. So the baptism of Jesus was this public declaration that he is the Messiah and the public declaration that he's going to start his ministry. So another part of Jesus dedicating himself to his public ministry, his earthly ministry, is that he was basically saying, I am willing and I accept the mission that the Father has given to me. Remember, we talked about that last week. We talked about how Jesus was born to die. He was born to be the Savior of the world. And to be the Savior, he had to die and rise again. And so through the baptism, through him publicly being baptized, he's saying again, I accept this ministry and this mission that the Father has given me. And I think another thing we need to see here is that, that Jesus was identifying himself with the people that he came to save. He didn't need to be baptized. We need to be baptized so that people will know that we are followers of Jesus. And so the people were looking for something new. They were looking for the forgiveness of their sins. And John was calling them to be baptized. And John was calling them and saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And Jesus comes along and says, here I am, I'm the Messiah. And he tries to identify with them. And he does that through baptism. And then also remember that baptism is a picture of what Christ was going to do for us later on. The picture of him dying and rising again. We're buried with Christ in baptism and raised to walk in newness of life. And so he's setting an example for us. For those of us who follow Jesus, those of us who accept Jesus as Savior and Lord of our life, we don't have to be baptized to be saved. It's our faith that saves us. It's when we say, I trust in you as my Savior and Lord, that's when we're saved. But that baptism is an example and a testimony to the whole world. It's an identification with Jesus Christ. He is my Savior and he is my Lord. And so the first thing we see is the appearance of the Son. He comes on the scene and identifies and accepts the mission, publicly declaring that he is the Messiah. The second thing is the acknowledgement of John the Baptist. John the Baptist, he's there and he's baptizing 
and suddenly Jesus comes up to him there on the Jordan and Jesus says, hey, I need to be baptized. And John looks at him and says, hey, no way. I'm the one that needs to be baptized by you, not me baptizing you. In other words, John the Baptist recognized right away that Jesus was the Messiah. In fact, if you go to the Gospel of John and look at it there, it says that John was baptizing and he looks up and sees Jesus coming. And even before Jesus gets there, he says, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Jesus still walking towards him and he recognizes Jesus as the Messiah. Uh, no hesitation, no stopping to ask Jesus some questions first or interview. Right away, he looks and sees Jesus and knows that he is the Messiah. And then in the later in chapter 3, we see another thing. The disciples of John, uh, they come to, to John and they say, Hey, that guy you baptized not long ago, he, he's down the river a ways, and, and now he's preaching and he's teaching and he's baptizing. And, and now all of a sudden, all these people are going over to him, and, and they're leaving us, and they're going to him, and they're saying, what, What's going on? And I love the way John responds, and he says, I must decrease so that he must increase. You see, John the Baptist knew very well that he was not the Messiah. John the Baptist knew very well that he was the forerunner of the Messiah. And he recognized that Jesus was the Messiah, and now that Jesus was there, he had to take the forefront. And he would be decreasing all the while Jesus would be increasing. John the Baptist acknowledged Jesus as the Messiah. So the third thing we want to see is the anointing of the Holy Spirit. When Jesus was baptized and then he comes up out of the water, a really interesting thing happens. A dove comes down and rests upon him, probably on his shoulder. Now, when we read that, it says the heavens open and the doves come down. And it, it sounds so gentle and so peaceful and so beautiful but you need to understand that word there when it says the heavens opened up. It really means they were torn open or split apart. So anybody that was there that day, it wasn't, oh, look at this beautiful little dove coming down. Suddenly the heavens, the earth uh, just split apart, split open. And then they saw a dove coming down and resting on Jesus. It's a, a glorious event. It's, it's a capturing event. It's not something just calm and peaceful. And then we look at the idea of the dove. The dove is a picture of sacrifice. If you will remember, the dove was the poor man's sacrifice. In Luke chapter 2, when Mary and Joseph bring Jesus to be dedicated at the temple... Uh, when he was eight days old, they offered two turtle doves. That was the offering of a poor person. And I like that, the idea that Jesus uh, becomes the sacrifice. If you think of the dove as a sacrifice, and that's what many of them would have thought of, then Jesus is basically identifying as a sacrifice and basically saying, one day I will be that ultimate sacrifice because I am the perfect lamb of God. And then another thing, doves are, are associated with peacefulness, gentleness, humility. 
And, and all these things talk about God's or Jesus' earthly ministry. He came in humbleness. We talked about that last week, that he had power in his humility, that he was a power, all-powerful God, but he came with a humble spirit. And we can't forget the fact that even though he could have come with all kinds of power, could have taken over and brought every angel with him and just taken over the earth, he didn't do it that way. He came in a gentle, humble spirit. And I believe that anointing of the Holy Spirit through the form of a dove is, is a part of that picture as well. Another thing to understand about the dove, the picture of the dove and the Holy Spirit and his anointing is that it's a fulfillment of scripture. The, the descending of the Spirit on Jesus Christ fulfills a passage that we see in Isaiah chapter 11, verses 1 through 3. Listen as I read these verses. Out of the stump of David's family will grow a shoot, yes, a new branch, bearing fruit from the old root. And the Spirit of the Lord will rest upon him. Did you hear that? The Spirit of the Lord will rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. I believe that descending of the dove and resting of the Holy Spirit upon the Lord is, is going back to Isaiah chapter 11. And Jesus said to John that he must be baptized, remember, to fulfill all righteousness. And now the Holy Spirit comes and anoints him and that's part of that fulfilling of all the righteousness. And then the last thing we want to see about the baptism of Jesus is what I would say is the approval of the Heavenly Father. Uh, not only did the Spirit descend on him like a dove, but then there's a voice from heaven. So again, if you're there that day, if you're John the Baptist or one of his disciples or anybody else around, and you know that there were religious leaders there that day as well, they're witnessing something magnificent, something spectacular, the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ into his earthly ministry. And the approval of the Father comes at the very end where he, he this loud, booming voice says, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. That, that phrase, um, my beloved Son, um, you know, we hear that a couple of times in Scripture but I think he's really identifying saying, uh, like we like the words in John 3.16, God's only begotten son. I think he's kind of emphasizing that same thing right here. This is my son. You are my son. You're, you are my one and only son. And I'm definitely pleased in you. And so what we see here is the father's public and personal approval. You see, the public uh, approval is important because God, the Heavenly Father, is letting John the Baptist know and everybody else that's listening right there know without a shadow of a doubt that Jesus is the Messiah. If you hear a voice from heaven, you're not going to ignore that. If you hear a voice from heaven saying, this is my beloved son, I'm well pleased in him, you're going to remember that. And that's going to be a marking point, not just for Jesus, but for everybody else that's watching and listening as well. He, he's basically placing his divine seal of approval on the life and ministry of Jesus Christ. Remember, there were others that had come and said, hey, I'm the Messiah. 
before Jesus and after Jesus. There were people saying, no, no, I'm the Messiah. But none of them could ever point to a, point, a place in their ministry like this and say, hey, did you hear that? God the Heavenly Father just solidified it. And by the way, this isn't the only time that Jesus said this. Remember the other time at Mount Transfiguration when Jesus is up there with three of his disciples? Matthew chapter 17, God in a booming voice again says, Hey, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And then he added another part, listen to him. I like that. You know, he didn't say that this time. But at the second time, he says, listen to him. Obviously, they weren't listening to him, and he was trying to emphasize that they needed to be listening to his son. It's that public approval, public showing to everybody, this is who you need to follow. And then I think there's a little bit of a, a personal aspect of it as well. Remember, we, we said that there's been 18 years of silence. We don't know much about what Jesus did or what was going on. He was a, a, a child, a teenager, a young adult, and then now all of a sudden 30 years and we see him now. I think in some ways what Jesus is saying personally is, Jesus, I've been watching you all this time. I've been there. I, I've been seeing everything you're doing. And I'm well pleased in who you've become. And I'm putting my stamp of approval on you right now today. You are the Messiah get out there and start your ministry. And so it's a personal stamp of approval as well. He's saying, Jesus, you're ready. It's time. And I don't know about you, but I know that when I was growing up, I always loved the approval of my dad. And I think many times, especially sons like that, that they would be approved by their dad, that their dad would say, way to go. You did well. Good job. And I think in some ways, God the Heavenly Father is saying that right now to Jesus, saying, you're doing good, now get out there and start the ministry. It's a personal approval as well as a public approval. And then we need to realize that the Trinity is involved. You've noticed that, and I think that's important. The doctrine of the Trinity is so important to us. But I think it's important that we see that here at the baptism of Jesus. It's Jesus saying, I am the Messiah. I'm coming out to, to tell you all about the, how to get to the Heavenly Father. I'm going to be your per, um, perfect Lamb of God, your, your sacrifice. The Holy Spirit comes and, and rests upon him. And then the, the Father with a booming voice says, this is my Son. The Trinity is involved and, and saying to the world, if you will, that Jesus is the hope of the world. And so at his baptism, Jesus is identified as the hope for all the world. And I want to come back and say it again. In this time that we're living in, coronavirus affecting the whole world, people are running around panicked and hopeless. And we know who the hope of the world is. And so I, I would say to you today, recommit, renew to the Lord, not just in your own personal life, but that you're going to share that with others. You know what would be really neat is once all this coronavirus scare is over with, if we would have a great baptismal service 
of all these people that said, you know what, I found Jesus as my hope. During all this crisis, nothing else matters because Jesus is my hope. That would be a great celebration. One day, hopefully, we can do that. But for now, let me pray, and let's finish this time of the message. Lord, I am so thankful that you are the hope of the world. And Lord, I pray for anyone listening this morning, that if they don't have a personal relationship with you, that even in this very moment while we're praying, they would reach out and call upon you. The Bible is very clear that if you do it with sincere heart, that you will become their Savior and Lord. And Lord, for those of us who are your disciples and your followers, may we recommit ourselves today to you, but not just for our own self, but that we would bring you as the hope of the world to the rest of the world. In this time, the world needs to know who you are. Help us to share you and be your light in this community in Tucson and all around the world. Lord, that's my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. So I want to thank you for joining us today. I know it's been a little different. Worshiping through the internet is, is a new experience for all of us. But that's the way it's going to be for this week and for next week as well. And also remember that there are no activities at the church throughout this week. Keep going to our website. We'll keep it updated. We'll also be sending out some emails to let you know things that are going on and how we're staying up with things. But you know what? It's a new day we're ministering in, and I think um, this is a great time for us to shine the light of Jesus. Next week, we're going to look at the temptations of Jesus and how he overcame those temptations helps us understand, again, that he is the hope of the world. You know what? I I miss you guys. I I miss not seeing you here on Sunday. And I look forward to the Sunday that we can come back and all worship together. That'll be a great day. But until then, keep serving the Lord.